Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. Today we are in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verses 7 and 8. We're getting close to the end of the book of Revelation here. Just one more chapter after this. We will have one more episode. This is episode 134. We'll have one more episode after this in Revelation 21, and then we're into the final chapter. And for those of you who've been with us the whole time, thanks for staying with me. But let's dig right in. Revelation, starting in verse 7 of chapter 21. He who conquers shall have this heritage, I will be his God, and he will be my son. Verse 8, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the polluted, as for murderers, fornicators, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their lot shall be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. It's very interesting in the list of those who are going to be excluded from the city of God and those who will be cast into the lake of fire, that the list of those who end up there are the cowards, the top of the list. And a little surprising, you would think, well, you know, murders would be the top of the list. But, you know, in the commandments to really be loyal and honor God, the whole point of the book of Revelation, or a major point of the book, is to give courage and equipping to faithful believers to stand as a conqueror in the face of persecution. And in the first century, this took extreme courage because you were really standing in the face of imperial persecution, Caesar's persecution. And in the last century, we don't know when that is. It could be the 21st, it could be whenever. Believers will be facing the persecution of the Antichrist, even more intense than that of Caesar himself. And so we are going to be persecuted. The entire book of Revelation is to give us courage. And when the world dictator seems to be moving against believers, and it's kind of like a dark eclipse over the whole world. That's why Revelation takes us up to heaven and shows us one seated on a throne. No, the world is not out of control. God is still sovereign. But we do need to remember that there is going to be fierce persecution prior to the glorious return of Jesus Christ. We read in chapter 13 and verse 7 about the beast, that is the Antichrist. It was allowed to make war on the saints and conquer them. In other words, the Antichrist is going to put believers to death. This takes great faith to be a conqueror versus a coward to cave in and say Caesar is Lord rather than Jesus is Lord. In chapter 17, we saw the great whore of Babylon, Mystery Babylon the Great. It says, the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. This is going to be intense. And again, the book of Revelation is more than simply describing something in the past. 
The book of Revelation is more than simply describing something that happens in weekday mass. The book of Revelation is talking about just what I read to you. This is going to be really tough. And as I said several times, one of those key passages in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, section 675, it says, before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. And as I've said before, one of my motivations in doing this is not debating with others about biblical prophecy and stuff. I don't want to see believers' faith shaken. But if you think that Revelation is only for the past, or if it applies to the future, but you're going to be raptured out of the earth before any difficult trials or persecution or life-threatening persecutions come, then your faith will be shaken. I'm talking Protestant and Catholic alike. I don't want to see that. And it says in the book of Revelation several times, it talks about conquerors. And chapter 2, and chapter 2 is one of those two chapters, 2 and 3, that talk about the letters to the seven churches. And after addressing the letters to the seven churches, the book of Revelation opens with all this imagery, but in a certain sense, the entire book of Revelation is a letter to these seven churches. It's kind of like a visual wake-up call. But in Revelation 2-7, it says, he who has an ear. In other words, listen, Christian. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who conquers, see, we find conquers again, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. And five times it's mentioned in these letters to the seven churches, the one who has an ear, let him hear, but you have to be ready to be a conqueror. And you don't conquer by you know, getting on a tank or an M16 or something like that. No, it's just being a faithful, calm, sturdy witness for Jesus, finding your courage not in you and your backbone, but in the power of God who delivers the Holy Spirit to those who are to testify to him. We are called to conquer in the face of persecution. That's one of the two things that Revelation is trying to make us courageous for, be conquerors. But there's a second thing as well. We need to remember that not only do we resist persecutions to the point of death, but we also resist the seductions of a pagan culture. And in the book of Revelation, remember, it was the churches were being undermined. In other words, the Catholics in these early churches were, were willing to go along with their culture and their pagan rituals, and some of these guilds that the workers would be a part of would be having sacrifices to idols and then be involving sexual immorality, because if you switch gods, you switch morals. And that's why you're wondering why a couple of crazy cardinals want to switch morals. Ultimately, their theology is defective, which has led to that. But in any case, we are supposed to resist that. And here's a couple of things it says in this verse 8, besides the cowardly who are outside the city of God and in the uh, lake of fire. It talks about the polluted. And I read that, and I thought, well, I got to basically comment on this, because in today's world, you know, you think of pollution, you think of the environment, and are, are these polluters? What is this talking about, the polluted? Well, it's a very specific word, and this is where it's helpful to have somebody like me 
to go back to the original language, the Greek, this is written in, and find polluted means something totally abhorrent that was received into a person's life. And the common word for this is an abomination. When it describes in Revelation 17, the great harlot, Mystery Babylon the Great, filled with abominations, that's the exact same Greek word that you find here in Revelation 21.8 for the polluted. Those, it's almost, the sins they're, they're engaging in are almost too wicked to mention. It's beyond belief. And some of these things, in fact, many of these things have been accepted in our culture or being increasingly accepted, and our legal system has accepted it. Uh, Let me give you an indication of this, because one of the things came up when I did a word study in this word polluted or abomination were the things mentioned in Leviticus chapter 18. Um, And it was this, Leviticus 18, 22. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. And an abomination or a pollution, because if you go back into the Greek Old Testament called the Septuagint, you can compare word for word, and this is exactly what's in Revelation 21.8 for those polluted are engaging in an abomination, according to Leviticus 18.22, that puts you outside the city and in the lake of fire. You're not doing anybody any help by saying engaging in homosexual acts is somehow okay. That's not charitable. You're a real hater for doing that, and anybody who is a real friend will share that in a nice way with a friend, not trying to browbeat them, but telling them the truth because their soul's in danger. Here's another abomination. In Deuteronomy chapter 12 and verse 31, it says, every abominable thing which the Lord hates they have done, for they even burn their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. They committed child sacrifice. It was an abomination or a pollution. It's an unmentionable. It's going way over to the top for sin. And of course, how does that practice in our day? It's called abortion, legal on demand in the United States of America. And again, these are things that so pollute the person that puts them outside of eternal life, outside of the New Jerusalem, and in the lake of fire. And then the third one in that verse, it says the sorcerers. Well, you know, um, what exactly is that? Well, the Greek word, and you're going to get this, is pharmakoi. It's the Greek word we get pharmacy from, drugs, and it's specifically referring to the use of drugs in illicit fashion, namely abortifacients. You see that drug that causes abortion, RU46? That's nothing new. This has been around for 2,000 years. There were drugs in the first century that people took. Sometimes it killed the woman and the child, but there were abortifacients and there were drugs used for occult practices. A lot of people who are smoking the heavy-duty marijuana and doing some other drugs have no idea uh, that many experienced drug users realize that using drugs opens what they call the third eye and basically opens the world of an occult. Dangerous practices that pollute the person and set them up for eternity. 
Now, finally, Jesus says, their lot shall be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. And this is mentioned five times in the book of Revelation. And in chapter 20, we read in verse 10, it's obviously this is made for the devil who deceived them. He was thrown into lake of fire and sulfur, the beast, that is the Antichrist, the false prophet. But also joining them are all those who take the mark of the beast, because by doing so, you're joining yourself to the Antichrist for eternity. He ends up in the lake of fire. You end up in the lake of fire. And that's why it says in Revelation 14 that those who take the mark of the beast shall be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the angels, in the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night. And people say, well, I can't go for that. Well, (laughs) so what? That doesn't change reality. You know, and people, there's there's Catholic leaders and evangelical leaders are saying, well, there may be a hell, but eventually it'll be empty and all that kind of stuff. Jesus said in Matthew 25, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels, and they go away into eternal punishment. According to Barna, about one half of 1% of Americans who believe in hell think they're going to go there. Um, According to CBS, only 2% who believe in hell imagine they're going to go there. Well, Revelation tells you exactly who's going to go there. Don't be in that company. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 134 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com. Thank you.